Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome back to 17 Questions, the podcast where we ask 17 weird and wonderful questions to a guest weird and wonderful enough to join us. This week on the podcast, we have... Josh Berry, that's me. Hello. Thank you for having me, Nathan. Uh, what am I, I'm supposed to say what I am. Uh, I don't know what I am. A comedian, I guess. Uh, yeah, a, a, a performer, impressionist comedian. Uh, all of those type of things. Thanks for having me on. The, thanks for having me on the show. Of course, and thanks for joining us on the show. To kick things off, would you like a weird or wonderful question? Uh, let's go with weird. I want to assess the sort of level of weird. I don't know sort of how okay. how weird it is. I hope it's not like sexual weird. Maybe I do. I don't know. Just let's just see. Let's just see what we have. Let's see what's got what we've got in store. Okay. What's been the most bizarre reaction to your impressions? And what voice were you doing? What impression were you doing? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess for the listeners, yeah, I, I said at the top, I do, I do impressions. I've done impressions for a very long time. I started doing impressions as like a sort of, well, <laughs> I started doing impressions as a 13-year-old when I did Johnny Vegas. That was the first like celebrity impression I did. I used to say like, okay, it's Johnny Vegas. And that was kind of it, right before my voice broke. Um, and then I started doing tennis players, because as you may have been able to tell from the sound of my voice, I am very posh. And I, I sort of released this video of me doing all the different tennis players, so, you know, like Andy Murray and John McEnroe and, you know, people like that. And uh, it sort of went quite viral when I was about 16 years old. And I was doing a video with Rafael Nadal. Uh, so this was back in 2013. I was very in awe of, of this guy. I met him and he, uh, he said, I said, oh, Rafa, it's a pleasure to meet you. And he was like, no, 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 he's, uh, he's Rafael. So we're already off to a pretty bad start. And they had to, they had to, uh, the part of this video was that he had to guess the impression I was doing. That was the, that was the premise. Uh, that cringe format that I've been subjected to many times over the years. And uh, I, I started off with a sort of easy one, Andy Murray, that I thought he would really get. And I was sort of, you know, trying to, <laughs> trying to ad-lib something that wasn't really obviously me being like, hello, I'm Andy Murray. Uh, so I was just sort of, you know, yammering along, going like, oh, you know, it's really fantastic. I'm very pale. Everything's great. And, uh, and he just sort of, I was expecting him to get it very quickly. And I think, I, I, I don't know whether he was winding me up or not, 
but he was just sort of like he looked around at his team and he was like well uh, what did he's asked on that one and as a 16 year old boy with like shaking legs sweating and sort of on the verge of tears uh that practical joke if it was a practical joke uh was very awkward it, it felt very uncomfortable um but yeah i don't know i don't know whether that was him not getting it or whether he was pulling my leg because he's got a bit of a sick sense of humor but that's probably the most uh that's probably the weirdest reaction i suppose I, I could I could give uh, to an impression. I think the first red flag was probably him making you say his name in full. That was a <laughs> that was a power move. That was a power that? move I've ever heard that? Yeah, maybe that's like a sign of real success. Where no, 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 it's it's Joshua Berry. You must. That's how you must address me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I won him over towards the end. But um, yeah. Yeah, it took me aback, I have to say. But he's, he's, he seemed nice enough. But yeah, it was, a, it was an odd reaction. Okay, well, would you like a weird or a wonderful now? Uh, let's, let's have a wonderful, please. Okay. I feel like I'm on countdown, you know, <laughs> the concept moves, Leighton. I'll have a wonderful, please, Leighton. Good, good. <laughs> um, what's your favourite medium to perform comedy? Because obviously, like, you're an impressionist, but I think, I believe you're also a stand-up too been on TV, mm. etc. Why mm. am I telling you your own backstories if you don't know it already? Tell me, tell me, explain it, you know? Not, not why people have to deal with people explaining their culture back to them. I, I think it's fair enough that I have my career explained back to me, that's, that's, that's fair. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's most fun to be a character. I think being a character is the most interesting, or well, certainly I find it the most interesting at the moment. I think being, doing an impression, doing, doing an impression of a type of person, which is what I would regard a character to be, is much funnier and more interesting I think than just doing an impression of someone specific because you know like I do one of the big ones I do is like the, the conservative party advisor character Rafe Pubris he's called and uh you know it's it's a it's a piss take out of you know the sort of person from Clapham who speaks like that and you know everything's like classic and yeah <laughs> you see you know just awful people like they always answer like how are you They're like me how are you very well very well they're just terrible people but i think that's funnier and cleverer to you know take the piss out of that type of person and and imply what what sort of type of person might you might see in a specific type of role rather than say you know oh i'm boris johnson wah 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 because i because i feel like that's just a little bit easier you know it's um so yeah it's something in character whether that's on stage uh on tv but yeah, whatever form. A lot of comedians will swear. They'll say like, oh, like stand-up's the only art form, which I think is just uh, narcissistic, arrogant bollocks, um, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, think, I think there are lots of different formats uh, are legitimate, but, but in character, yeah. Would you like a weird or wonderful? <laughs> very pensive, very pensive. It was very sort of Louis Theroux-esque. Like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah, that's really... Great. And do you think that you sort of went on a bit too long in that answer? Uh, I'd like, a, I'd like a, another wonderful, please, if that's okay. Okay. Again, highlighting your backstory, it would seem. Um, who were you before you became the Josh Berry we know today? Uh, you don't know the Josh Berry today. Um, <laughs> that's an interesting question, isn't it? Because I think it relies on like this idea that whatever small perception there is of me, and it is small, you know, corresponds to, to who I actually am. And I don't think that's true. I think there's a very big disjunct between those two things. Um, I was, uh, I mean, I've kind of have done comedy, I guess, since I was like 20, 21. Uh, and I've just, just taken it from there. I mean, I was a student before that. And before that, I was a child. 
and then I was a fetus. So I mean, that's all. That's all I can really. That's all I can really say. I don't really. Uh, I don't really know who. I don't know who I am now. Uh, who so any of us? Well, precisely, it's quite a deep existential, you know, personal identity-based question. I didn't think we'd be getting this philosophical this early in the... Oh, in the we're just in the beginning, Josh. We're in okay. the beginning. We'll get there. We'll build up. Wittgenstein's language games, I'm sure, is the next question, probably. <laughs> uh, down the line, I'm sure there's something in there like that. Yeah. I was just going to say about, um, because you made, like, the distinction between, like, as though there are different versions of Josh Berry, I meant more so, like, people knowing you as a performer, not to say that that's the real you. Person. Oh right. What this? What 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 was I before I became a performer? Like what what job yeah, did I do? I, I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. So I I've kind of fortuitously just done comedy because I did because I do loads of impressions and I've done those on a radio station since I left university, like right after leaving university. Um, and yeah, it's weird because I think I kind of started as an impressionist uh, and and now I'm much more doing sort of stand up and and lots of different things uh you know in, in character so i so i suppose yeah i suppose that's the answer I, I was someone who just did voices and now i don't really i wouldn't regard myself as an impressionist like rob bryden talks about this he says that he he says he bristles when people describe him as an impressionist because i think it implies that all you can do with voices um rather than sort of be funny necessarily and uh so yeah i think i probably would want to be regarded as, as, as a comic and a writer more than I would an impressionist. Uh, mm. But that's how I started it. Yeah. Well, there you have it. I believe you were going weird before. I was going weird, yeah. If the, I, I, I quite like the weird ones. Okay, let me, let, me, let me throw this at you then. Who was your first fictional crush? <laughs> what? That's, that's a really... I don't know if I was that sexualized as a child. Maybe I was. I don't know. There's one that lots of girls say is, uh, isn't it um, Robin Hood, but as a fox? Have you, have you heard about that? Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, that's quite a common one because in, there was like a children's animation of Robin Hood and he's like a fox. And he's got like, you know, he's got game. You can tell he's got, he's got like a little cheeky smile and stuff. Mm. And he's quite like suave. Um, so <laughs> I think... Uh, yeah, that's quite a popular one for women. I don't really know if I, I don't really know if I did have a sort of fictional crush. I think probably one of the earliest crushes I can remember was seeing Ola Jordan on Strictly Come Dancing and thinking that she was she was quite something. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, uh, Jessica Rabbit. I would probably have to say that's probably the best. She's quite a sort of sexual, or, or maybe the, the mum, right, in Incredibles 2. There was a big movement about that, about how she'd become oh very thick. Not yeah, I'm, I'm sure yeah. you've seen this being uh, on Twitter and the like, but there seemed to be this kind of like idea that all the Disney mums, I believe the phrase was dump truck ass. Like they all just <laughs> like... <laughs> dump truck ass. Yeah, it's a very, um, it's a very sort of voluptuous type of woman that the, the, the Disney cartoonists uh, prefer. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, listen, I'm, I'm for it in, 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 in principle because they, they look great. So uh, yeah, I think that's probably my best, my best answer to that one. Now that I'm thinking about it in terms of like the science yeah. or theory behind her, <laughs> do we think she stretches herself in that way? Because that's uh, a power, right? Yeah, she's bending and bowing to the beauty standards of the time, right? 
Ooh. Whereas, like in the noughties, like that, like women with very large um, bums wasn't as big a thing, right? It was, it was maybe a more slender type woman was perceived to be the fashion. Maybe in a similar way that like more muscle bound men are, are perceived to be more attractive, arguably maybe now than, than possibly in the past. Right. Yeah, this this sounds like an undergraduate essay waiting to happen. The Incredibles yeah, so- two through a gender lens or something. <laughs> the patriarchal implications of the incredible theory. It's actually really offended because this <laughs> No, I I don't wanna I don't wanna get cancelled, I'm not gonna say that. What are your most important rules when going on a date? Well, I'm uh well I so I'm in a relationship, but I, I guess you you can still date your, your partner, can't you? I think that's an important uh, and you and you should you should be encouraged to do that. That's a very important thing to keep keep the romance alive. You know, uh, what do I like to do? God, I don't know. Um, probably, I, I I do enjoy alcohol. I think that that probably has to be quite a big part of it. I sound like such a sort of basic white girl. Oh my God, I love I love crazy. <laughs> that's how I feel <laughs> saying that. Uh, yeah, but I think that's probably quite a big part of it. I. I think my girlfriend's quite big on things being planned. She likes to feel um, as though, you know, there's, there's been a, d- a degree of sort of, she's really been thought, thought of. Uh, so I think trying to do something with attention to detail, which I'm actually appallingly bad at. I don't know if you're a, a good detail guy, but uh, for me, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm shockingly bad at that. What do you do? I've, I've, that's quite an interesting, I don't really have a, I just sort of hope for the best, you know, and try and talk enough to. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, a fingers crossed situation. Yeah. I don't know if I have a rules per se. I agree on the, the thing about like, uh, you should continue dating your partner. That psychologically is supposed to be very good. Uh, I would like a weird, please. I, I, am, I am enjoying the weird because I think they're kind of zany. I, I think uh, they give me the opportunity to say something for interesting thoughts. Yeah, so what's mm. weird? Weird is, why haven't the aliens come yet? <laughs> well, that assumes they're not already here, right? Like, uh, that's Elon Musk's thing. Oh, no, he doesn't think they're already here. He just keeps talking about how Mars was built by aliens, doesn't he? He's a weird guy. It's not out of the... uh, But, yeah, so I'm actually really fascinated by this. And I don't want this to become, like, a Joe Rogan podcast. You know, it's like, dude, this is so fucking interesting, man. I don't mean that. I... uh, I was looking about it the other, looking looking at it the other day, and I, I'm pretty sure, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but the argument is, um, well, hang on, you know, there's billions and billions of planets, and I don't know, there's lo- there's just so much, there's so many like vessels for life, and statistically, we can't be the only planet there. So statistically, why haven't we come into contact with other planets? Because mathematically, surely we would eventually. And I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, there's a whole load of, I guess the problem is like, if you think about how long we've been on the earth for, what is it? It's like two minutes or something in the context. Of, if like the world is 24 hours, the world's life. So we've been around for two minutes. So, so actually that is a big consideration, right? In terms of like, would aliens come to us? Well, like if the time, yeah, that we've, we've been around for such a small amount of time, it's, it's, it's quite statistically unlikely. So I guess that would probably have to be the answer that I would give. But yeah, like what, what do you, what's your definition for life? Like, is it, is it an organism? Is it consciousness? Is it language? I think currently where we're unknowing of 
anything period we would probably just constitute it as like an organism like if we found some kind of like water-based organism on mars we would be like oh, oh that's life I, I think yeah just as bare minimum as possible mm. that's how we, uh, but that's the it. thing you're like an alien what we're what we're hoping for right it's like a sort of green thing that comes down to earth and does the like you know dr spock thing like that you know because like bacteria that sounds so fucking boring like oh great it would mold <laughs> wow yeah. so i I guess the question is, why hasn't the mold come yet? Uh, and maybe it has. I don't know. Maybe there's like alien mold that, that is around our, our, our world. But yeah, I don't know, man. That's, that's, that's a big question. It's a big <laughs> question. Let's go with something weird again. What do you think? I always, I always, sorry, just on that. I always think like if an alien did come, I would want to, I feel like James A. Caster is the closest voice we have to what an alien would sound like. Do you know what I mean? I don't think I do. <laughs> No. You think I, he would sound just, like James A. Caster? I think no, no, no. But just because he's the weirdest voice I can think of, do you know what I mean? If like a green alien came out of the shed and was like, "Ah, oh, nice to meet you, James A. Caster here, fair play," you'd be like, "Yeah, I that that to me of all the I, fair, it's a human voice, right? But of all the human voices I can think of, that one makes the most sense to me." Yeah. No. After that, I think I'm sold. Actually. <laughs> When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What's your most satisfying sound to hear? Ooh, that's a good, that's a really good... I always like it. I mean, this is maybe a bit of a cheat answer, but I always like it when I feel like I've nailed an impression and I hear that back. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So like, 
when you just nail the the tone or the pitch or whatever um i guess that's not a single unified sound is it but like i've definitely had times on stage where i'd like do a james acaster bit or do like a i don't know russell brand bit or whatever or yeah whoever it was and just feel like yeah that's that's good and i mean that's definitely not the case with all my impressions but uh i think it's that i think it's that you know validation you get from yourself so really I, it's just validation it's just vanity that, that <laughs> my intuition when uh pitching that question to you was perhaps i, I thought your answer may be like laughter or something oh right oh yeah do i like laughter yeah I, yeah i do i mean i think and, and no comic is telling the truth if they say that they don't crave that sweet sweet laughter from people it is but it's almost like it's almost the feeling it's like Laughter's, I, I don't like the sound of, I only like the sound of laughter if I know it's directed at me, right? So like, because I just want validation to, you know, cover over for the, the childhood trauma that I experienced. Um, so, I, I, you know, that's important. Uh, but yeah, in and of itself, it isn't, it isn't satisfying. Well, I'm, I'm sure your dad will come back with the milk soon, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a very cliched line. But I think every comedian has... Um, has some something they're dissatisfied with that makes them want to get on stage, I think. Uh, and I, you know, Jimmy Carr has an interesting theory. He's like, uh, it's everyone who does comedy had a sick parent growing up, which is an interesting theory. People tell me I sound like Jimmy Carr. Maybe the listeners think that, maybe you think that. I don't know. Because, you know, Jimmy Carr's sort of like that. It's sort of quite like my voice as well, you know? <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know i don't maybe that is i think yeah i think every comedian probably feels like they're not getting enough tension attention or something and they feel a bit invisible yeah i think on some level it's that you feel like you ought to be getting more than you're getting in terms of praise and affirmation and validation i think that may not even be unique to comedy that could be sure performance period perhaps but we'll we'll uh, run that hypothesis another day well, that's, that's a, yeah that's an interesting question that's a, yeah, yeah yeah um i would like another weird one please sorry i was told not to do too many of one but i but i like a little maverick i have that's all right what's your best example of faker until you make it i mean a lot of people would say donald trump wouldn't they a lot of people would say he's the best example of faker until you make it because like if there's anything we saw from that speech, that interview he gave the other day, and he was like, and we're, our cases are bigger, they're lower than world, so that's great. And it's, there are a lot of things, they're doing a lot of things. I don't know if his sentences even make sense, you know, it's just, and there's, there's lots of bigly, and there's so many things going on, by the way. There's, and not a lot of people know that, but also everyone's talking about it. You know, like, what are you, I don't know. It's, I, I guess if, if Trump is an example of fake it so you make it, then he has to be unintelligent. And um, I'm not sure I buy that entirely. I think he does have some intelligence. I don't think he's a genius. There's lots of other people uh, go the other way. I think it's probably somewhere in between. Um, but yeah, I mean, probably either him or the sort of, yeah, or, or Katie Hopkins, because she's so, got such a sort of grotesque view on the world. I, I, I really doubt it can be genuine. Well, we touched a little bit on existentialism earlier, so let's jump back into yeah. that puppy. There are so many versions of Josh Berry. Which one is the real one? Oh, goodness. 
I don't know. I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know who I am. I don't think anyone really knows who they are. And I think it's uh, very tempting as a performer to just get stuck in that trap of, oh, who am I? What am I? Oh, I'm so important. I, I don't matter, you know? I, I think we're all, we're all going to die and we're all dying and no one will remember us. And that's just life. Uh, you know, we will, uh, you know, our family will remember us for a bit and then they'll die. And then, well, I was thinking about this the other day. My mum was talking about like her grandparents and I feel like a callous bastard, but I was just like, I don't care. Like, I don't care what they did. I don't care about their lives. And I, and I think it's similarly, you know, think about the, the, how few people we talk about from the past. And that's probably not a good thing in and of itself. But um, I don't know. I think in some ways, all my characters, the ones that I do, because, yeah, I guess there are so many Josh Berries. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the characters I do are probably me looking at aspects of myself or my friends from the past and cringing at them and creating exaggerated comedic uh, versions of them for comedic effect, basically. You know, and, and so I'm sure the type of person that I am now, future me will look back on and cringe and create a caricature out of the comedic effect because I think, what is one's own life if not an opportunity for commercial and comedic gain? Uh, <laughs> and that, that's, yeah, that's probably what I would say. I don't know. Do I have, I, I, uh, I'm quite neurotic, I'd say, if, if, you, if you ask me to sort of uh, single out some characteristics. I'm quite a neurotic person. I think sometimes people would describe me as a little bit arrogant, uh, which is something I also loathe about myself. I'm, an, I'm very aware. So uh, ironically, uh, sort of combination of arrogance, but also self-loathing. I'm quite fun and I'm quite cheeky, I suppose. And I don't know if any of those are really conveyed in my characters. They're probably more conveyed on stage when I'm, when I'm doing stand-up. But um, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't really know. I don't think anyone, you know, like people love doing that with star signs, don't they? Because it's really comforting being like, well, I'm a Leo, so I'm this and that. I'm like, I don't know. Weird question is, what's some insider knowledge that only people in your line of work Oh, I listened to a podcast with James Acaster where he was like, uh, <laughs> he said since he started doing stand-up, he was like, oh, listen, man, uh, basically, before you start doing stand-up, you think that basically everyone's a nice person. As soon as you start doing stand-up, you realise that's not true. And he's absolutely right. There are some absolute assholes you perform to and just, you know, yeah, I, I, I think you get to see people at their worst and, and, and when you're doing a, a gig, and this doesn't always happen, sometimes there is, you know, obviously, there's, sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. People, people just have this total disregard for what you're trying to do on stage and you're trying to create something and, you know, when, when they're not on board, it just... And, and I think that probably, on balance, does make someone a, a person that lacks an empathy and is a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's probably yeah that's probably the, the best insider knowledge um, but that's quite banal and vague isn't it I mean I don't really can you be more specific like what do you what, what do you what do you want to know what do you want to know I think that was fairly um, specific enough because you're talking about like when performing as a comedian that you have found out that like people are just not as nice as you, as you preferred in an ideal uh, well that, that said I think in the um, I love performing in the north because i always feel like they're so nice and friendly and up for a laugh and great and also 
interestingly, I think the way that you play it in the North as a stand-up has to be different. Like you can't, you have to be a bit more low status. If you come in, particularly sounding and looking like I do, you know, a posh wanker, if you come in being like, look, I know everything, haha, then they'll eat you alive. And also their, their heckles are often really funny. Like they're, they're up for a bit of back and forth a lot more than... And this is obviously not true of all audiences in the South, but the posh of the plate, there's a sort of, I think, yeah, this is a good one. There's an unwritten rule that the nicer the area, the worse the audience. And, the, and, the, and the, you know, so if you're performing in like Chelsea, you're more likely to see this sort of entitled, you know, like my CCHQ PR character, like me. I, I don't know why they've employed someone to do it. I can do stand-up. I'm actually fucking funny. Like that kind of person. And you've got to win that guy over in 10 minutes. <laughs> it's really hard. So I just, yeah, I love I love going back to the North. I'm also sort of from, well, I'm not from totally the North. I was born in, um, in Crewe, which I don't know if you know, but it's, it's nearish Manchester. And no one believes that because obviously I don't really sound like I'm from there. But I always say that to northern audiences and I, I tell them if they don't like it, that's not a very nice way to treat one of their own. And they never <laughs> believe I'm, that's where I'm from. But yeah, I think that's probably, there's three, yeah, three there, or two there. North, nice, south, not always horrible, but sometimes bad. Uh, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you could invite... Three people, dead or alive, on a hot air balloon ride. Who would you bring? Wow, that's a cool. I mean, I, I think, um, I think Obama. I mean, Obama's such a sort of basic choice, isn't it? Because I feel like such a, because like he's so cool. But I feel like so many people would say Obama. But I would say because I think Obama's so great. Like whenever I see him speak, I'm just like, oh my god, he's so he's so charismatic, you know, and like so clever. I would just love that like i don't know if you've ever met any politicians i met ed Miliband one time because i did the reasons to be cheerful podcast that he does and you know even though he was like savaged in the media during his election campaign he was like so disarmingly charismatic like all he said to me he sort of looked at me and was like how long have you been doing comedy for and but even though like he, he was just looking at me and i was like oh my god this guy is it was so it was so disarming and i think obama's like the most uh <laughs> the most in, in that way um i've always wanted to get blair on i've, I've always i've been really interested to meet blair as well actually because i think blair is he's such a divisive figure and yet was so phenomenally successful um although i suppose the two often go hand in hand but yeah, there are a lot of interesting questions. But oh, like, so how candid is this? So like, they do they like say everything I want them to say, or do they like tell me stuff, or do, are they just sort of themselves? Yeah, no, I think so. I think you could. I don't think you could get any like nuclear secrets or get the nuclear codes or anything like that. But like, if you were, I don't know, having ah, uh, then I don't want Blair. I don't care about. I don't care about Blair then. Uh, I don't. Yeah, who else would I get? I think. Um, I've always thought well, this is a bit, a bit lame, but Plato is such an interesting, uh, such an interesting writer, and like this is quite a nerdy one, but he's such an interesting writer. It was like having written like two over two thousand years ago. I'd just be very interested to see what Plato would make of like the current political situation. So it'll be quite. I mean, obviously he speaks ancient Greek, so that might be a bit of a barrier. But let's just imagine that he, you know, like comes out speak like like. Let's just imagine he speaks perfect English, like Jesus in every depiction of. Do you know what I mean? Like how <laughs> that is. I feel like that's probably the best indication of white privilege. How like Jesus 
a first century Palestinian Jewish man was depicted as a white guy in like everything, <laughs> like who spoke perfect American English. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Jesus, that'd be good. I'd love to have Jesus on, on the, yeah. God, that's a cracking one. Uh, yeah, God, yeah, of course, Jesus. That's a pretty um, solid roster if I've ever heard one. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. I'm not asking for much. There's, yeah, I'd be fascinated to, to learn about. What about God? Can we get, I know Jesus is supposed to be God, but yeah, I'd get rid of Obama for God, potentially. I feel like Jesus bringing God to this trip is like bring your dad to work day, a little bit. Well, yeah, but like, <laughs> that, that's so fun. That like, like makes me think of like God as this like old, like this old guy with a load of like spicy opinions and Jesus is like, dad, <laughs> you can't say that about people like that. <laughs> that's really can you just him just going off on what that's funny uh yeah maybe you're right maybe you're right but like you know god created the world you know jesus just hung around it's like you know it's like rupert murdoch versus like his children you know you know there's, there's the big dog and there's not a big dog i don't know yeah maybe god maybe louis theroux as well i've given you about five there maybe they could like tag team that'd be pretty cool perhaps maybe <laughs> Okay, well, final question. Josh Berry, what are you working on at the moment? Well, uh, not stand-up, obviously, since, uh, since lockdown hath forbade it, sadly. Um, but yeah, just a few bits and pieces. I'm writing a series, a sort of satirical sketch series uh, that's supposed to be a bit, a bit silly, but also, yeah, kind of a, a satire called uh, Josh Berry's Fake News, which is on uh, Union Jack Radio. Uh, well, it will be released in mid-September, we won a, oh, sorry, no, we got nominated for a, a British Comedy Awards podcast, no, <laughs> a British Podcast Awards Comedy Awards for the show, uh, so we're bringing it back for a third series, which is fun, and yeah, I mean, you know, what unprecedented times, that's been said too much, but what unprecedented times we live in, I, I'm, I'm just sort of trying to bend and bow to what, um, you know, to whatever it is that's happening at the moment, and, and try and create comedy in, in that setting but yeah that and uh whatever else i can get me grubby mitts on thanks for listening to another episode of 17 questions this time starring josh berry of course if you don't already make sure to follow josh at josh berry comedy on both twitter and instagram and of course if you would like to get in contact with us here at 17 questions you can find us on instagram at 17 questions other than that, see you next week for another round of weird and wonderful 17 questions. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.